Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we inspire those who have experienced loss to build a life of purpose and joy. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Life Coach and Certified Grief Recovery Specialist. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 33, the long-awaited episode 33, Avoiding Victim Mentality. Thanks for your patience and waiting for this podcast to come out today. Well, it should have come out like four days ago, but I was traveling and I was traveling for a, a couple of weeks. And so I had one podcast that was already set and published and the other one was just about ready to go, but I did need to record the audio and I thought I could do that on the road. And I thought I had the equipment that would allow me to do that. And unfortunately, when I tried to record, it sounded so bad that I had to make a decision. I had to decide, was I just going to put it out sounding so terrible? You know, I mean, I'm not a high... I'm definitely not a high def <laughs> definition podcaster, but at the same time, I do have standards. And so it sounded so bad. I was just, I just thought there was just, I just can't put it out there like that. I would rather it be late. And these are the decisions we have to make, right? I, I would rather it be a little bit late than to have it sound so terrible. And so my plan was I was going to be getting home on Wednesday. So normally I publish the podcast so that it goes out at 4 a.m. So I don't wake up at 4 a.m. It just is, is set to schedule to publish at 4 a.m. And so normally that's what I do is I have it set to schedule it to publish at 4 a.m. But I was getting home at about four o'clock on Wednesday afternoon and I, I thought it's not going to be a problem. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to get home from the airport. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down and record the podcast. Everything else was ready to go. I just needed to drop the audio in. So it would take me an hour or two and I would be able to get that done and get it published and it would still go out on Wednesday. Well, unfortunately, Tuesday night, I started getting sick. And by the time I got home on Wednesday, I went straight to bed and I slept for 18 hours straight. 18 hours. And I haven't felt good since. I mean, this is my first day of really feeling I'm recording this on Saturday about midday. And I'm finally feeling enough of myself that I felt like I could do it. So anyway, a lot of explanation as to why this is late this week, but we'll be back on Wednesday. This is the first time in six months that I've come out late and I, it's, it's no fun. It's no fun, but we're back. We're back. We're here, ready to go. We're ready to roll. So this past week, earlier this week, my husband and I were in Arizona and we were there for a franchise conference. And, and if you're new to the podcast, my husband Ron and I own a chiropractic franchise business, the joint chiropractic in the Salt Lake City area. Anyway, we moved to Salt Lake from Houston, Texas, almost four years ago to launch our business, which I ran for the past four years. And then recently, in the last couple of months, my husband Ron took a leave from his job and took over the reins of that business so I could pursue my passion for helping those in pain those that are grieving from loss and trauma. And so for the last six months, Build a Life After Loss was a very part-time endeavor and then has since become a full-time 
occupation for me as of a couple of months ago. So at this conference that we went to, though, there were three presentations that stood out for me. And a couple of these are particularly timely as we approach Memorial Day. And when we, when we remember those that have sacrificed so we can enjoy the tremendous freedom that we enjoy, it's just remarkable. One gentleman, his name is Phil, and all three of these stories are men. And there were women that spoke at the conference, but these men told stories that really touched me. And so that's why I wanted to, to relate some of these stories that they told. One gentleman, Phil, uh, spoke of his father who lost the use of his legs in the Korean War. And Phil said, despite the devastation of my father's huge loss, he continued to have an optimistic attitude and he continued to work hard and be a tremendous example to me despite the hardships and his death at a relatively young age. Phil held his father's example up as the reason he had been so successful and he paid tribute to the good man his father was. The second gentleman, Ben, told a story of great financial loss. In the early 2000s, he started a unique remodeling business right in the area that I moved from in Houston, Texas. He had started this remodeling business, which had partnered heavily, heavily with the mortgage companies. And what they would do is they would go into um, a buyer would want to purchase a house, but they wanted, if you think of fixer upper, it's kind of a fixer upper deal, right? The buyer wanted the house, but they wanted to upgrade it substantially. So they would go in with a package to the mortgage companies and they would buy the, buy the home with the financing in place to do the remodeling. Anyway, they scaled super quickly. Started in 2000, scaled super quickly. We're doing a million the first year, two million the second, four million the third, and so on. And, and by 2007, they were doing about four times that. I think they were doing something like close to 20 million. I don't remember the exact number, but they had large infrastructure and dozens of employees. And of course, about that time, in 2007, the mortgage industry started to collapse, which took their business under. Ben got quite emotional talking about the weight of the ruin of his business, which not only created a tremendous loss for him and his family, but for the families of those he employed, those people that worked for him. But then he talked about rebuilding and reestablishing himself in a new business and his gratitude for his ability to do that. Ben said, when we experience epic failure, we're supposed to learn something from it. And I totally agree. In fact, I think we're supposed to learn something from all of our experiences. The third story was from a keynote, Jim Amos. He's actually on the board of the of directors for the franchise that we franchise with. And he is an inspiring speaker. You can actually find him at jimamosblog.com. He's not a flashy speaker, but you can feel his heart. And I think that just is what made him, makes him such a fantastic speaker. He spoke of the tragedy of war, having served in the Vietnam War. And he spoke of the undeniable fact that we all, we all face trial and tribulation. Two months ago, after years of being together, 50 plus years, his wife was diagnosed with cancer and given six months to live. 
He spoke of tragedy and triumph and of uncertainty and faith and distrust and trust. Jim spoke of the importance of core values, taking some of his script from Jordan Peterson. If you remember, Jordan Peterson is the Harvard psychology professor. He wrote the book, 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos. He quoted Dr. Peterson. Dr. Peterson has said that you must stand up straight with your shoulders back and accept the terrible responsibility of life with eyes wide open. And quoting an article from Jim's blog, Jim Amos's blog, he said, it is also interesting to me that we are focusing on the fundamentals of how to face life, but it is how we deal with death and tragedy that says so much about what kind of people we are, that if we are to live meaningful lives, we must develop an attitude of faith and perseverance. We have developed a new national personality trait of victimization. He concludes, Life is uncertain, but that's no reason to lose faith. Wow. Like, is that just the perfect thing for us to hear that, that we must face, face life with our shoulders back, accept this terrible responsibility of life that we can focus on how we deal with death and tragedy and we can live a life of meaning and develop an attitude of faith and perseverance. I love this message. The fact is we've gone through hard times, like really, really hard times. We've lost children. We've gone through divorce. We've gone through tragedies that people maybe don't even know about us. It's interesting to me when I first started really publicly sharing my story last year, a lot of the people that I had been working with for uh, the last four years while we were in, while we've been in Utah had no idea that I had experienced this loss of my two youngest children. And as I started sharing my story more publicly, more often, people are sympathetic and say things like, I have no idea how you are functioning. How do you go on? How do you endure that? Just recently in a TV interview I did for Park City TV, when I briefly briefly, very briefly shared what had happened on that Mother's Day, the host said, your story takes my breath away. And I think it's unimaginable to people. And even even looking back, it's unimaginable to me. I, I don't know how we go through all of this, but we do. Like we're made to go through. This is what we're capable of. This is what we're capable of. We can see why, though, it would be extremely easy extremely easy. This has been on my mind so much lately. It would be so easy to think of myself as a victim. I hear all these sympathetic comments. It would be so easy to fall into victim mentality. And I have the the pity, I have the sympathy to prove it. And and actually, studies have shown that there's, and, and we don't need studies to show us this, we know this, that there's some advantages to being seen as the victim. And, and that's one of the things that kind of sucks us in to victimhood is the advantages of it. But ultimately, those advantages, the advantages of, of being seen as the victim pale in comparison to the real advantages of not taking on the victim role. So in this episode, I want to explore what some of the benefits of being a victim are. Let's just be aware of them and why we want to avoid them so we can build a better life. When I share my story, inevitably, 
People are so caring and kind and they express their sorrow for my loss. I feel, I feel their hearts. I feel their desire to take it all away, to take away the pain. It's just hard to face. And, and I don't share, I don't share my story for pity or sympathy. I share it to say, I've gone through this. You've gone through hard times and we can move beyond the grief. We can build a better life. It will take time. It will take effort, but we can. I know we can. I know all of us, of us can. I want to be another witness to the hope that we can. But like I said before, it would be so easy to feel like a victim, to take it all in and believe everything that's said, that I shouldn't be able to do it, that I should still be a heap on the floor, that maybe I should take the pity and the sympathy and that I should, that should be enough, that it's okay if I give myself permission to play small, to play hurt, to play insignificant, to play the pain card and get out of the responsibility of life. And that's part, one of the benefits of victimhood is that we stop taking responsibility for anything. We feel we have a right to complain. So easy to feel like we have a right to complain. And how many times have we gotten attention for telling our horrific story? The attention is real. People have good hearts. They, they want to be there for us. They care. They love us. They, they don't dismiss our pain. They recognize the significance of our pain. And so the attention can be another benefit to victimhood. I mean, just even think about a story maybe you even told last week where you were, you had a bad shopping experience and you were just like, can you believe it? The clerk said this and then they did this and then the store did that. And that's, that's kind of the conversation of the day, right? And we can trump it all with our loss story, unfortunately. And so it's super easy to become addicted to the drama of it all and to use the pity to manipulate others. I'm not saying we're doing this. I'm just saying that these are actual benefits of victimhood. People that put, put themselves in that place of victimhood, they stop taking responsibility. They feel like they have a right to complain. They enjoy the attention. They enjoy the drama and they can use the pity to manipulate others to do what they want. So how do we avoid this? What are some of the signs that we're heading into victimhood? Well, it goes right along the same lines, but if we indulge in powerless blaming, blaming other people or our circumstances, feeling powerless, refusal to try to even improve our lives. And here's a really important part that we've talked a lot about is putting ourselves down. That's a sign that we're headed into victim mentality. Along those lines, pessimism, cynical view, a cynical viewpoint, a scary, awful worldview. Our worldview is that the world is scary and awful and that life or people are against us. And the thought that everyone has it made except for us, this incessant complaining. And if we're enjoying sharing our tragic stories or living in the past, that's a sign that we're heading into victim mentality. Again, it's the powerless blaming, pessimism, and enjoying sharing tragic stories and living in the past. The fact is we don't see the world the way it is. 
we see the world the way we perceive the world. Everything, everything is filtered through our past experience. It's filtered through our attitude. It's filtered through our thoughts. It's filtered through our beliefs. Start to look for evidence of this. Super, super interesting to watch. You can go to the exact same event and two people can walk away with completely different thoughts about that event. Why is that? It's because of their past experiences, because of their thoughts about it. It's because of their attitude about it. So our perception is everything. So what do we do? What is the antidote? What is the, what is the prescription? How do we, if we find ourselves sliding into victimhood, which is just so easy, it's so, so easy. It's the easier path. It's, it definitely is the easier path to just slide into victim mentality. And so what do we do? First, we just, we start taking responsibility. The grief recovery method program suggests that we take at least 1% responsibility for our response. We're not taking responsibility necessarily for the, the event that happened, but we're taking 1%, 1% responsibility for our response, for how we are responding to that event. If you're familiar with Jack Canfield, the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul and many other books and a writer on success in life, he suggests that we take a hundred percent responsibility for our life. The more the responsibility, the more the success rate. And when I say taking a hundred percent responsibility for our life, I'm not talking about in a blaming way toward ourselves or anyone else. In other words, I'm a hundred percent responsible for every mistake that was ever made. And therefore it makes me a terrible person. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about really owning everything, just looking at it from that viewpoint of how did I contribute to this? So if I look back on my recovery process, my grief recovery process, I look back, I can see areas. If I take a hundred percent responsibility for my response, I see areas where I created more pain for myself because I was beating myself up and I was feeling less than, and I was feeling like I didn't deserve anything in life. And so I created a whole nother batch of pain. Like the pain is inevitable. The pain of grief is inevitable. It is natural. It's normal. It's inevitable. But all the additional pain that we heap on ourselves, that's not necessary. Let's take responsibility at least a portion of responsibility for our response and really take a look at it. Another antidote is to create an attitude of hope and faith. Just because we feel this way now doesn't mean we can't hope for a brighter future. No one has any idea what the future holds. No one does. What is the advantage of drawing a dark picture for the future? I don't see any advantage. Why not draw a bright picture for the future? Why not view the future from a place of hope and faith? Another antidote is a positive focus. Now, this is not in a Pollyanna philosophy. This is in a effort to use intentional thought to create a positive focus. We can choose to look at the rainbow or we can choose to look at the storm. They may both exist, but again, it's not the reality. It's the perception of the reality. 
It's the perception of our reality. So again, the antidote is taking some responsibility. It's in direct opposite of not taking any responsibility. As a, with a victim mentality, we, we relinquish all responsibility. The antidote then is to start to take some responsibility. The second is to create an attitude of hope and faith. How can we look to the future with hope and faith? And the third is a positive focus. A positive focus. At the beginning, I quoted Dr. Peterson. He has said that you must stand up straight with your shoulders back and accept the terrible responsibility of life with eyes wide open. So we take responsibility, we create an attitude of hope and faith, and a positive focus. I love being with you each week. I appreciate your patience this week. Thank you for being here. I'd love to hear from you. What are your struggles? What are your successes? Have you implemented anything we've talked about over the past six weeks? Is Six months, I should say. Is it helping? Do you have questions? Email me. Email me at julie at buildalifeafterloss.com. And join the conversation at Build a Life After Loss on Facebook. And please, please share this podcast on Facebook or Instagram or text your friends. Let's create a movement of hope and courage. Remember, I believe in you. Love you guys. Bye.